I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Cody Rhodes to my CM Punk. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin, how the devil are we? I'm fantastic. We've got, I mean, I am fantastic because we've obviously oh, got this good. full weekend of, of football. And I think that's the main thing. So I, I alluded to the international break in midweek and it's the boring international break where none of the teams care. But now we're getting into the festive period of, of football and there's nothing better, I don't think, because it's just game, game, game and drama, drama, drama. And we love it. We love it. Yeah. It's a lot of work for us, but this is worth it. it. This, is, this is what the championship is all about, isn't it? This festive period where you've got games basically every second. You just like turn around and suddenly there's a game in your face right there. And then you turn around and there's another game over there just coming at you rapidly. It's, it's, it's just frightening, Justin. Just always one lurking around the corner, like a like a creepy Shia LaBeouf, just staring at you at a at a crossroads. It's incredible. <laughs> That's such a rogue reference. If you didn't know the conversation that we had literally just before recording, before recording, we were talking about a video on YouTube where Shia LaBeouf is staring at someone from his car, Intently. and it's one of the strangest videos ever. But I encourage. In fact, I implore every listener to watch it because it's truly one of the strangest things ever. Anyway, welcome to the number one championship podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. Yes, what a weekend of football it has been in the championship, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to go through all the games from the past weekend. Then we'll finish up with the polls and Simon Grayson's hateful eight right at the end of the show. And we'll kick things off with goals from Darnell Furlong and Grady Dean Garner, which saw West Brom win 2-0 against Ips switch jacob's three-word review outplayed the ipswich dylan's three-word review happy fucking days sunil says carlos cobra masterclass james's three-word review for ipswich forget that one uh, justin i thought this was a tactical masterclass from carlos cobra much to what sunil was just saying it truly was carlos cobra ball at its best I think that's the key statement there. It's Corbin it's Ball at its best. I don't think it's a tactical ma- masterclass. It's just how well his teams are always set up. And whilst I do agree with the statement that it's a tactical ma- masterclass, I, I think most of his wins are just tactically so advanced and so ahead of his opposition uh, teams that it just looks like it's it's a, it's the masterclass. When actually, I think the masterclass is how consistently he does it. Because I don't think West Brom play a particularly special way. They're not a sexy footballing team. They're organised, they're disciplined and they pick the moments so, so well. And I think when you get players to buy into that, I think it's harder to do that than to get them to play nice, sexy football as Wayne Rooney's finding out at Birmingham, for example. I think this is a much more difficult thing to do. And I think that goes a long way to 
well, encur- well, encouraging and praising the job that Corbyn is doing on a weekly basis, and this this um, this win just exemplifies it. It was it was brilliant. They shut down Ipswich at every opportunity, um, and it's a real statement win for West Brom. It's it's one of those wins where you go, oh, actually no, these 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 definitely should be in the conversation because they've got eight clean sheets for the season. They've picked up twenty two points in twelve games since the first international break in September. They're on a roll. Yeah, they you bang on the money there, Justin, and you, you're right. They did shut down Ipswich, and lest we forget, Ipswich have been arguably the best attacking team in the division so far this season, which is incredibly impressive from a West Brom perspective. And it's the first time Ipswich have failed to score since February, which shows it's quite the mean feat from Carlos Corbran's big bad baggies. And you know, the thing is with Corbran. He's getting the most out of a team, which is essentially made up of misfits, really, isn't it? Hmm. You know, Alex Marrott, for example, has been brilliant recently. West Brom sent him out on loan last season. He wasn't getting a game at Middlesbrough. So that just goes to show what he's doing there. Great indeed, Dean is showing his best form in years. These are just key components, which shows how remarkable a job Corbyn is doing. And, you know, considering everything that's going on off the pitch, they don't really have the right to do as well as they are, do they? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? They've not been able to recruit as extensively as they needed to, and he's had to he's had to get more out of players who have been out of form for a while. You look at Grady Dean Garner, who's a key example of it. <laughs> he's not been in form for literally what three years since Slavin yes. Bilic took to, um, yeah since Bilic took West Brom up for the first time, and he's and he's getting back to his best, and it's so good to see. And then you've got the likes of Darnell Furlong as well, who I think has gone on his radar this season because he's been brilliant. He's finding himself in really good goal-scoring positions. Probably not the player you want to be in those positions, but I mean, he took his chance against Ipswich. Matty Phillips as well is another one. It's, it's, they're just players that you, you thought were at the end of their cycle at West Brom, but Corbyn's getting more out of them. And that's what he does. Look at what he did with Huddersfield. It's just what he does. He gets more out of players that, quite frankly, should be on the way down the leagues rather than staying in the Championship. Yeah, and I wouldn't have been surprised to see them, you know, finish around 18th this season because of everything that was going on off the pitch. But here they are, and they look like genuine playoff contenders. It's absolutely brilliant what Corbran is doing. I was speaking to a guy once who said to me, at this stage in the season, goal difference is a good indicator of how good a team is. I'm not sure how true that is, but if there is some truth to it, then they're not far off Leeds and Southampton. Mm. Well, I think they're better than Southampton in terms of goal difference. So... If that has some meaning to it, then look at West Brom. Look what they're doing. It is just Ipswich's second loss of the season. Quite surprising, really, to see Ipswich show as little as they did. You know, full credit to West Brom, completely shutting them down. But on just about every occasion this season, they've found a way through teams. That wasn't the case here. They simply didn't have an answer for West Brom. And all of a sudden, it's one win in four for them, which seemed unthinkable not too long ago. The Ipswich are going up tractor is hitting its first speed bump, Justin. <laughs> yeah, but it was a disappointing performance. Attacks broke down. Um, and I think that's more so the fact that West Brom was so organised and, and looked good. But also Ipswich were really sloppy, but not not just sloppy in going forwards, but also um, you know, being organised at the back. There was, a, there was a moment, I think, in the first half where Luke Wolfen didn't scuffs a clearance. And I can't remember who the other defender was, but he didn't get it clear. And it, was just, it just wasn't a great showing. It was a, one of those games where... They just look sluggish straight out of the international break and conceding two goals again isn't ideal. Conceding from your first set piece in the game isn't ideal. There's a lot of things that I think Kieran McKenna needs to work on with this team. They are a work in progress and I think we all need to recognise that rather than getting too carried away like some people. Well, some people may. 
I'm not pointing fingers, but you know, Schmein Dilks sort of thing. They, they, they still have had one of the best starts in Championship history. They so have. I think there's there's reason to be excited, Justin. Jesus yeah, they Christ. deserve credit. They deserve credit, but yeah, you know, it's just it's tempered credit. Tempered credit. All right, bloody hell! Talk about dampening the mood. Um, <laughs> the, the thing is with Ipswich, they haven't found scoring goals to be a problem at all, have they? It's it's how leaky at the back they've been, which has been the big issue. They've conceded two or more goals in the last six games now. And it didn't really matter previously how many they were conceding because they would just simply outscore teams. But if they're having problems at both ends of the pitch, then it goes without saying that's a huge worry. Mm-hmm. So I'm not totally worried. It is just one game. However, they have got a very tricky Christmas period coming up. And I mean, it's huge, really, in the grand scheme of the promotion campaign. They need to pick up some speed before heading into it. I think that goes without saying, really. On Friday night, Leeds were held to a one-all draw away at Rotherham. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds has a three-word review for, you guessed it, Leeds. Lacklustre, wasteful, unfortunate. Darren's is, should do better. And Justin Peach chose this as his banker in midweek and said if Leeds don't win, he'd be very confident in saying they won't get the top two. So I guess in that case, congratulations. Congratulations to Leicester and Ipswich. <laughs> I think in the context of that statement, I was probably looking at an Ipswich result. But so they, they, I guess Leeds are quite lucky that they lost. But my point on this uh, being a game that Leeds need to win is based purely on making sure dropping teams to points that have won just two games all season like Rotherham have doesn't bite you on the arse come May. These are these are the winnable games. These are the quote-unquote bankable three points. And I know things are bankable in the Championship, but... As I say, Rotherham have won two games all season. They're not a a team that are going to create too many threats against you. And yes, there are 25 plus games left. But if you miss out on the automatics by one point, guess what? You'll look back and go, Christ, we should have beat Rotherham in November. That was a winnable game and we missed out. It falls down to that. And Daniel Farkle was seeding as well. He knows the importance of winning these types of games. He did it with Norwich. He knows the he knows what the, 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 the or, or the minerals you need to have to, to win promotion. And Leeds are just falling short in these types of games where they fall short of expectation. Um and I'll disagree with some of the statements from the lead supporters. I, I think they were unfortunate. Um I don't think it's a disaster because they created a lot of chances. They were just wasteful. Yeah, they were the better team, weren't they? I, I, I don't think they were particularly wasteful, to be honest, because in the second half, they didn't really create a substantial chance. They had plenty first of efforts off. on goal. First off, they did, yeah. But the second half, they had plenty of efforts on goal. But there wasn't a moment where I thought they should have scored there. So this is the thing that is proving to be Leeds' biggest problem. Every one in five games, they put in a performance which isn't up to the standard of what we know it can be. And in normal seasons, that'll be fine. You could get away with, you know, having a drop off one in every five games. You can usually afford to get away with that. But because the top two have been so ruthless, it's costing them. As we're seeing, Gipswich and Leicester haven't been amazing in every game. But the difference is they've still managed to win more often than not when they haven't been playing well. Leeds have struggled to do that a lot more. At the other end of the spectrum, we've seen loads of top gear performances from Leeds, more than we've seen from Leeds than uh, Ipswich and Leicester. But it doesn't necessarily matter if you're not winning games where you haven't played well. And that's what gets you promoted, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. winning games when you're not playing very well. Exactly. And Leeds are struggling with that a lot more than the top two. Well, it's, it's, it's about forming good habits. And this is why, again, the, the importance of this game coming straight after November, the November international break. You're coming into the festive period where, I don't know how many games there are, but you, you'll play seven or eight games in December. It's a lot. It's a lot of games, and, and and winning is a good habit to have going into that festive period. And we've seen teams lose out after making good starts. Blackburn last season, for example, are a, a, a really good point to make. Is they had a really good uh, sort of first third of the season, got to the festive period, 
and dropped off massively. Um, and it can it can be the make or break for, for a lot of teams. So winning games now, winning the winnable games now is, 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 is an absolute must. Yeah, well, goes without saying, doesn't it? I mean, let's look at the promotion race, Justin. We'll talk about Leicester very shortly, but this result leaves Leeds seven points off Ipswich in second. How's that promotion race looking in your eyes as things stand, Justin? Well, I mean, the context of it changes because Ipswich lost um, and it does leave the, the top two still in the sights of uh, of Leeds and obviously Southampton drop points helps as, uh, as well. But I reiterate, it's it's quite hard to, 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 to form that judgment after, you know, what was a relatively disappointing performance against Rotherham in that you didn't seize your opportunity when, when you needed to. Um, so if they repeat that performance again and again and again, then I will start to lose faith. But I think the, the key thing here is Leeds have got or I assume they've got money to spend in, in, in January because they've they've made a fair bit of money um, in the summer and, and they still have holes in their squad that they probably need to 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 shore up and, and add depth to. And I think adding another striker in the team won't be won't be a bad thing. I think adding another playmaker in that final third as well will will go a long way. So they've got a big period of games coming up ahead of a big January where they can they're one of the teams that are gonna well will benefit from from adding to their squad because they've got the money to do so. Well, Ipswich could very well strengthen in January as exactly. well. I don't think uh, we should rule that out. I think, even though you said the promotion race was over after this result, Justin, if the Leeds didn't beat <laughs> Rotherham, <laughs> I'm willing to give them a bit more time. I think, I, I agree with you. I think the Christmas period is key for both teams, really. Ipswich have a, a run of games, which is going to be a real test of their promotion credentials because it is rough. And Leeds have some tricky games too, including Ipswich, worth mentioning. And if they're going to go up, this is what they've got to make the most of. It's going to be a mouth-watering few weeks coming up for both these two teams. And come the end of the month, it may very well be a good indication of where these two are going to be come the end of the season. A cracking result for Rotherham. Let's not take that away from them. They've now taken points off Leeds, Ipswich and Southampton. However, they've also lost to Sheffield Wednesday in Huddersfield. So <laughs> that says a lot about uh, Rotherham, doesn't it? Uh, reports expect Rotherham to appoint their new manager this week, Justin. What does the new man have to do to keep Rotherham United up? Fantastic question. I mean, there's a lot. Let's be honest, there is quite a lot that needs to be done. First thing would be limiting the amount of chances opposition get against them. Second half in the in the Leeds game, for example, Rotherham did impress me. But the first half, too often Leeds glided through them with a, with a lot of ease. They they have to be better organised out of possession and, and give just give Victor Hansen quieter evenings. It'd be nice for him to just have a relaxing one for a change rather than really earn his money. Um, because if you know if he's not the highest paid player in that squad come his next contract then um, something's gone wrong there because he's single-handedly <laughs> keeping Rotherham uh, in, in, the, in the fight and, and going forward as well I think they, they, they will always be limited just because of the lack of quality they have in abundance but they've got players with strengths that can exploit opposition teams you've got Sam Nombi against Leeds found space in behind the Leeds back line quite a few times it's just that little bit of quality missing if they have a similar January to, to last season I think they have a chance under a new manager yeah, well, that January is going to be huge for them in teams. They didn't have a great summer transfer window. And that's my big issue with Rotherham because the squad is just so weak. I think the result against Leeds showed there is something to work with there. Christian Tiehi, I, I think, is a very good player. Mm -hmm. I thought Oli Rathbone had a good game. Fred Onyedimba is an outlet. It It's definitely one of the weakest squads in the league, but it's not impossible for them to stay up without a doubt. The big problem is, and this is kind of stating the obvious, is winning games. 
no team has stayed up having won fewer than 10 games. Rotherham mm-hmm. were on two wins and we're more than a third of the way through the season. So they're proven to be good at grinding out points, but winning games still seems like a long way off. And it's looked a long way off for pretty much all season, hasn't it? And that's the big issue for Rotherham. Yeah. Huddersfield won, Southampton won. Great result for Huddersfield. The same cannot be said about Southampton. Very much two points dropped from their perspective, especially after being a goal in front. Leaves them a point behind Leeds. Let's talk about the side who are very much the winners of the weekend with regards to the promotion race. And it was Jamie Vardy, a double from him. Saw Leicester get back on track with a 2-0 win at home to Watford. Dr. Catford's three-word review, the goat strikes again. And Justin Peach criticised me in midweek for saying this was an obvious banker and that Leeds against Rotherham was more obvious. Oh, dear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And we saw, Justin, one of the greatest sights in football in this game, didn't we? An outfielder in goal. Nothing gets me more excited, I don't think. Watford defender Ryan Porteous went between the sticks after Daniel Backman was sent off. And honestly, is there anything more excited than that? I don't think there isn't, and let me give you let me give you some stats. I'll, I'll, I'll ask a question actually. Statistically, what's more likely to happen? Are you more likely to see an outfield player in goal at your club, or are you more likely to walk on the moon or even win Takeshi's Castle? Oh, oh, I don't know. I, I would assume it's uh, more likely to see an outfielder in goal, wasn't it? Well, I, I could only find three outfielders going in goal in the championship: Pontus Janssen, Robbie Savage. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Paul Gallagher? Oh, he wasn't on my list, but I can't remember the exact game. Okay, it's four, but it's still yeah. way, still way below my, my list. Than that. Come on. In the in the championship, if you're gonna if you're gonna come here, Justin, throwing stats at me, at least get listen, it right. Listen, listen. Twelve people have walked on the moon. Eight people have won Takeshi's Castle. And have at the moment, walked on the moon. Twelve people have walked on the moon. That doesn't sound right. Um, listen, listen. You're a, it sounds like you're a conspiracy that, theorist, right? That now. doesn't sound that doesn't sound correct to me. But I don't know enough about the subject to dis, disprove it. <laughs> and eight people have won Takeshi's Castle, by the way, which absolutely blew my mind more so than the people walking on the moon. And, and by our recollection, now six six goal uh, six outfield players have gone in goal for for championship sides. Okay. Thank you for getting there eventually. Still not sure if any of what you just said was correct, but we're, we're, we're providing it as fact <laughs> at this point. It's me. Um, <laughs> let, let's be honest, Leicester really should have won this sooner and by more. They weren't just knocking on the door for ages, were they? They were essentially kicking the windows in. Did you see Jamie Vardy punching himself in the face after missing a guilt-edged chance? He didn't hold back either, did he? He really walloped himself. I, I, yeah, can you knock? Can you knock yourself out? Um, you certainly can. I've seen it. But I've seen it. I've seen YouTube videos of it happening. <laughs> Carry on. Oh well, um, I don't know where to go from there. But it, it's just peak Jamie Vardy. I mean, the goals that he scored were peak Jamie Vardy. The the poacher's effort from the was it a, was it a corner or a cross? Where he basically had to tap it at the far post and yep. obviously the the penalty as well. And then punching him himself in the face. We're just and then he scored moments and, afterwards. Exactly, exactly. We're just a what a Red Bull. What was his concoction of of, of drinks? Red Bull. Um, Red Bull. Sort of ridiculous. Um, Red Bull bag of Skittles or or what have you. Yeah, we're just that. We're just. A skittle bomb for a, a game. Bomb. That's um, right. hey, Justin. He punches himself in the face. You don't know what his methods it, are. It's, clear, it's clearly worked, hasn't it? Because he's one of the greatest English goal scorers in in Premier League history. So exactly. there we go. Yeah, one of the greatest goal scorers in <laughs> Premier League history. Doesn't matter what nationality is. Um, 
Of course, Leicester had the two losses, didn't they? But they're now back on the winning trail. And it is worth remembering that despite those two losses, they're still having the best start ever in Championship history. They've won more points than any other side after 17 games. So despite having a wobble, they're still on course for a record-breaking season. And compared to their promotion rivals, Leicester have actually got a relatively kind run of fixtures over the Christmas period, which seems surprising. Um, so do you think we're about to see normal service resuming with Leicester, just beating everyone relatively comfortably, Justin? Relatively comfortably. I mean, this was an awkward game for them, wasn't it? Obviously, they had two previous awkward games in, in Middlesbrough and Leeds yeah, and they took their chances. I, I get what you're saying. It was as comfortable as it can be when scoring in the 70th minute. <laughs> Well, that's just less of this season, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, I think that's the annoying thing about them is we know that they've got more gears to go through. They're not going into those gears. They're just sitting in second and third gear at the moment. It's like, just lift, you know, take, your, take your foot off the clutch, put your foot down, let's go. Let's see what this team can do. And maybe this period of games is the exact moment to do it. Or maybe this period of games is when complacency sets in. You know, it's, it's going to be a real test of Maresca and his inexperience and his ability to really drill into this squad and let's get more out of them. We want to see more. We we all need to see more. And I think that's when I'm going to be really convinced that this Leicester team can run away with the league. Because at the minute, I'm still holding back because I think Leicester are. I think Leicester are holding back. As simple as that. You're holding back still? Sure, sure. Well, will you concede that promotion is fairly inevitable for Leicester? Yeah, I, I will concede that I think the squad's far too good and they've got far too much individual quality within their within their team to to really let it slip and they've got a coach with really good ideas but they're just they're just not really like drawing me in or pulling me in and going like yeah just grab me by the scruff of the neck or, or you know by the by the scruff of my t-shirt and pull me in and say we're getting promoted and then Oof. you know throw me to the ground it's you know just be a bit Oof. more aggressive kinky yeah just be aggressive look come on let's see it let's see it let's see what you've got <laughs> yeah I, I see what you mean but it is worth remembering as well when we, we were talking about this earlier with Leeds and Ipswich probably will be strengthening in January I imagine Leicester will as well um so It'll be very interesting to see what Leicester do in January, but if they're going to strengthen even more on what is an already incredibly strong squad, then that is frightening for the rest of the championship. And that's why I'm still quite of the belief that Leicester will probably win the league at a canter as things yeah. stand. We've not seen Daddy Leicester yet. That's what it is. Not seen who? Daddy Leicester. God, this, how has this chat got so kinky so quickly? It's unbelievable. Um, quick word on Watford. This was their first loss in seven games. They sit 15th after this defeat. Elton John has called for Valerie and Ishmael to be given time and for Watford to stop hiring and firing managers. I tried to come up with some Elton John puns for this discussion, but it's surprisingly hard. Not many of his songs work here. However, if Watford don't give him time, they'll be sorry. And that always seems to be the hardest word. <laughs> I, I also try to fit in puns and um, yeah, again, find it difficult. It's yeah. great tracks, but terrible, terrible pun yeah. potential. But I think I mean, ultimately, Justin, what we want to see is come the end of the season, Valerie and Ishmael in the dugout, still standing. The complete the circle of life at Watford. Yes. Although that does result in the sack, I think. At Watford, it definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> The point is, Elton John's right, isn't he? Well, he is, and it's incredible that a 76-year-old musician speaks uh, so much sense. But he's right. He's He's got experience of owning the football club. Um, 
I mean, the importance of putting faith in a manager, given his relationship and success with Graham Taylor, he knows what he's talking about. And you know, granted, football's changed since that period, but but he's right. We all know he's right. I mean, Watford, I think, agree with him because he offered Ishmael a new contract, even though they didn't really need to. But maybe they're turning a corner. Maybe they're trying to think of a Elton John song. Yeah, not coming. Give up. Not it's coming. Not happening. Yeah, it's a long yellow brick road. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the best one. <laughs> um, it's a slow process, isn't it? And it's been a very slow process so far. And if we're being completely honest, I reckon in previous seasons, if Ishmael was in charge, he probably would have been sacked by now, as is the life of being a Watford fan. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see they're sticking with him. Will he be a success, success at Watford? I don't know. But I think they're more likely to find success in the long term by standing by a manager instead of having a new one every few months. So believe in Elton John he knows what he's talking about um, Wayne Rooney got his first win as Birmingham manager with a 2-1 victory at home to Sheffield Wednesday Jordan James got the winner and he's a young lad getting a lot of admirers isn't he Justin quite right quite right as well I mean, Rob Page Wales manager Rob Page spoke very highly of him after the international break and I mean he did say that he might follow the same path or he backed him to follow the same path as Jude Jude Bellingham which is quite a stretch because obviously Jude Bellingham's now playing for Real Madrid but there's a lot of quality in Jordan James. He's obviously clearly got um, plenty of abilities in all action midfield and he's got maturity to put his foot on the ball and, and not panic and, and make the right decisions. He showed that with his goal. It was such it was such a good goal when he basically starting the move off, driving forward into the box and, and, and following up his, his finish. He's a, he's a good player and he needs to, he needs to start more. Yeah, well, it's strange actually because he's actually started more games this season for Wales hmm. than he has for Birmingham in the league. Which, how often does that happen? It's pretty insane, really. But he probably should be starting more games. Uh, I don't know who you drop for him to get into the side. I suppose that is one question. But he looks a very promising talent. And he's an exciting player off the Blues production line, which has been very productive in recent years, as we all know. A much-needed result for Birmingham, isn't it? And uh, Wayne Rooney and the club hierarchy. If they didn't win here, then I think the panic alarms would have been ringing, wouldn't they? Which is why I was quite alarmed when they went 1-0 down. Yeah, well, it wasn't a convincing performance throughout the 90 minutes, but... As winning breeds confidence, confidence breeds positivity, positivity breeds results. It all starts with a win, doesn't it? And it's a massive weight lifted off Rooney's shoulders, off the club's shoulders, and, and hopefully we see them kick on. But performances do need to improve because if Wednesday were a little bit more productive in that in that final third and took their chances where you know they could have been 2-0 up in the first half, if they took their chances, it could have been a completely different game um, and a completely different spectacle because Birmingham City just were not good enough in the first half so a lot needs to be worked on but as I say winning breeds confidence and that's that's where you need to start yeah and they were sliding down the table at a rather alarming rate weren't they if yeah. things didn't sort themselves out then it would have been quite an embarrassing season for Birmingham still may end up being quite an embarrassing <laughs> season because let's be honest it wasn't the most convincing win against the worst team in the division so far so I wouldn't say that's a corner turns I think we need to see a lot more convincing before we can say that but they've got some winnable games coming up so we'll wait patiently to see if Rooney can build some momentum I like his beard by the way grey and red that's hopefully what I'm going to have at some point <laughs> maybe they're in the same number of hair transplants as well you're going right I'm seriously considering it um, <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday stuck on six points continue to be the joint worst start in championship history only matched by the Rotherham side of 2004-05 who finished the season with 29 points the third lowest points tally ever um, Wednesday are playing better 
under Danny Rule, aren't they, Justin? But it's just not happening yet, is it? He just cannot get the ball rolling. <laughs> Why do you bring the mood, not, not, not the mood, the tone down? I think I'm improving it personally. Please talk about Danny Rule. I, w- I will do. Uh, and I'll ignore the absolutely dreadful pun uh, that would have made me laugh three weeks ago, but it's, I thought we'd pass that point now. Um, I, I think the key thing here is the performances are improving. Obviously, Wednesday don't need good performances. They need results at this point. They're in a desperate situation because of really poor decision-making from from um, higher up than Danny Rule. But we're seeing a lot more from this Wednesday side. And I think he, he pretty much nailed it in his post-match presser. He's, he described the team as um, one that doesn't look like they're performing uh, not performing like a, a bottomless table side, the more of a mid-table side. And I can't disagree with any of that. But at the end of the day, he, the point I was making earlier, game was nil-nil. Josh Windass misses a guilt edge chance from a wonderful cross from Barry Bannon. It's a sort of quality they're missing. They could have been 2-0 up uh, going into the second half if, if that was put away. It's, um, it's, it's frustrating, but you know, it's, it's a step forward. But they need strides forward rather than steps, don't they? Oh, they need leaps forward, really, don't they? <laughs> you are right. I, I wouldn't go as far to say what, with what Danny Rule is saying, a mid-table side. I think that's quite a stretch. But they have been extremely unlucky recently. I don't think five losses from six games reflects how they've been playing at all. It's much better than it was under Iskin Munoz. Admittedly, that was a very low bar to begin with, but mm-hmm. it's miles better than that. So Danny Rule deserves a lot of credit in that respect. Just quickly, Justin, what percentage chance would you give them of staying up at this point? Is it even ridiculous to consider that? 15%? I think even that's quite high, really, isn't it? I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more towards that maybe that Danny Rule will be able to bring in a couple of players in January that will really improve them. And I'm thinking that it could be a a four-way tie between Huddersfield, QPR, Rotherham and, and Sheffield Wednesday and I think the points tally between those teams will be quite tight come come the end of January and it'll be a bit of a, a bit of a slog match between them as to who stays up mm. so that's the, the, it's low it's low but Danny Rule has given me something to think about yeah I, th- I think that's fair I, I I'd be surprised personally if Wednesday managed to take it down to the last few games of the season with regards to their chances of staying up just because I think they're so far gone already. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be very difficult. I, I would probably go personally around 10%, maybe even lower than that. So it's it's very tricky to see it happening, but the standard of the bottom four is quite poor this season. We'll get onto that very shortly. Justin, let's take a quick break. After that, we'll talk about Cardiff with an incredible comeback at Deepdale. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Welcome back to the Second Tier Podcast. Just some breaking news from our perspective. Just as we were recording, we just heard that Terry Venables has died, which is tragic news. He's been out of the game for a while, hasn't he, Justin? We were just talking about yeah. that in the break. But uh, yeah, English football has lost a great of the game. He's a very good coach, wasn't he? Barcelona at one point. Yeah, very good coach and uh, quite highly regarded as a human being, I guess. Um, and obviously... You know, <laughs> Managed that England side in, in 96. Again, a bit before our time, but this, this, yeah. the stories and happiness uh, from that tournament was, was was quite incredible. And, you know, only a whisker, whisker away from, from the final and great in history. But yeah, yeah, one of one of uh, football's good men, I would say. Yeah, he, he, you're right. He was a bit before our time, but always heard a lot of good things said mm. about El Tel. It's a <laughs> very sad news. Um, let's get back to the championship. And Cardiff were 1-0 down against Preston in the 94th minute and still won. They scored two goals in injury time to take three points away from Deepdale. Jack's three-word review for Cardiff, smash and grab. <laughs> and you know what? That's probably the most apt way of putting it. Well, when you score that late as well, um, after a team goes down to, to 10 men and obviously Preston trying to trying to see the game out, maybe waste a bit of time, it's it's always going to be always going to be an absolute bonkers, bonkers final. But the, I think the quality, uh, especially with that Ugbo goal, I think needs a lot of credit because that cross from Ryan Winter was was absolutely superb. Uh, that late in the game when you're tired, when you've been drilling opposition for as long as you have, um, and then the header from him, uh, Ugbo was, was, was superb. Um, just that belief to stay in the game is, I think, that late and, and to keep going, to keep plugging away is, is a very difficult thing to do. So a lot of credit there for, for Cardiff because it's a game that could have fizzled out very, very easily. But they, they got in there. I think Colin Grant as well scored one of the goals of the season, I think. It, it, right. Literally the defender kicked it against him and okay, uh, ended yeah. up in the back of the net. It's, you know, it's just a bit of a joke. Yeah. <laughs> It's very annoying when you're a defender and that happens, isn't it? Uh, it's, very, it's a very championship result, isn't it? Having that mm-hmm. kind of turnaround so late in the game. It's just ridiculous. So well done to Cardiff. It is worth mentioning that Preston were down to 10 men for nearly the whole of the second half. But still, a crazy turnaround from Eric Bullock's boys. Cardiff are seventh. It, I, I feel a bit like they're one of those teams who don't seem to win very often, but are somehow still high in the table. Kind of like Preston, actually. I'm just, I was just looking at the table earlier and was like, how are they both ahead of Sunderland? How has that happened? Anyway, um, some very pleasing news for you, Justin. Cardiff manager Errol Bullos has admitted he wants to sign Kiefer Moore in January. The striker is out of favour at Bournemouth and Wales manager Rob Page has urged his players to find regular football before the Euros playoffs in March. And as soon as I saw this link, I instantly thought of you because this is a Justin Peach move. You'd never guess who I've got a FM save at the moment. You'd never guess who I've just signed in January. Are you big, playing us? Uh, it's Derby in second season in Championship. Some some big key for more. Big key for more. Big key. Always got to always got to go to him because not only is he a goal scorer, but he's he's a big number nine as well. He's, he's a typical number nine, but he's got a little bit more about him, um, and he scores goals. How often do you get a player of his size scoring twenty goals in a season in a Championship season? How rare is that? Incredibly rare. It's not two thousand three anymore, guys. He still does it. He's got quality. He saw he single handedly dragged Bournemouth into the Premier League. Maybe not. Single handedly <laughs> alongside Dominic Solanke, but Scott Parker definitely made it difficult for them. Kiefer Moore is the man. And I'm not saying Cardiff will get promoted, but if Kiefer Moore's in that t- in that team, I'm putting my money 
I'll keep my money in my pockets, but I will think about putting a bet on Cardiff going up. <laughs> so many levels there. At one point, he was going to put money on it, and then he wasn't, then he was, then he wasn't. Um, but yeah, but undeniably, this would be a fantastic signing. For me, Cardiff have been excellent at the back, but look a bit weak going forwards. Mm-hmm. Someone like Kiefer Moore can change all that. He's a fantastic striker who I'm disappointed we haven't seen more, really, at championship level, because I feel like he's a bit wasted, really, as kind of a bench warmer in the Premier League yeah. with no disrespect intended but he'd be a quality signing who would fit seamlessly into this team so please make that happen Liam Manning got his first win as Bristol City manager by beating Middlesbrough 3-2 a very funny own goal here by Zach Viner I urge any own goals and gas fans to search that one out it was a classic but the <laughs> Liam Manning revolution is underway Justin it does feel like a bit of a revolution as well because I just I felt like Bristol City weren't as predictable in this game as they would have been under Nigel, Nigel Pearson. I'm not throwing any slight at Nigel Pearson, but I just felt the the shackles a little bit were, were released from this team. And yes, they were a little bit open at times, but we saw a very productive side going forwards. They create plenty of chances. Maybe like that clinical edge, but I think that will come. I was I was really impressed because Borough are a good side. We know this. This you know we're not teaching anybody how to suck eggs Borough a very good side so to so to create as, uh, as often as he did and keep them at bay as well yeah showed two sides of his game there uh, as a manager and so did the players it was a really impressive performance yeah and this is what I've been saying all along with Bristol City you're getting a good young excited manager and everything can change brings new enthusiasm to the club and this is a cracking result against one of the stronger teams in the league. I don't think they played incredibly. I will disagree with you there, Justin. Even Liam Manning admitted that it wasn't a great performance, really. But in terms of the result, it's a brilliant, brilliant result, isn't it? So early on in his reign as well. And they have got loads of winnable games coming up, well into the new year, actually. So if they're winning here against one of the better teams in the league, then it's an exciting time for Bristol City as they get more and more used to how Manning wants to play. And dare I say it? don't think the playoffs is out of the question. It'll be very interesting to see where they are in a month's time. I'll say that for sure. Did you see that Bristol City have given the highest proportion of minutes to club trained players out of every club in the Premier League and Championship this season? They've given more than a third of the possible minutes to club trained players. And I just saw that just now. I thought that was an incredible stat. It is incredible. I think a lot of credit should go to Brian Tinian. He does really good work in identifying and developing players. I think where he played a, a, a big role in identifying the Guernsey Grealish and Alex Scott didn't he? And obviously, Nigel Pearson deserves a lot of credit as well for bringing him through into the first team. It's, it is a well-run club behind the scenes. Yes, they, they do lose money, but when it comes to having things in the right place for player development and opportunity, Bristol City is a good place to be. Change of mentality after that huge spending spree under Lee Johnson is, is, and Mark Ashton is, 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 has been important. It's been a, a turning point for the club and turning point for the better. Yeah, and uh, you know what? You, you're right. Nigel Pearson deserves credit for giving these players a chance because it's all well and good producing these players but plenty of managers will still need quite a lot of persuading to give them a chance so credit where credit's due there for me it's quite an underrated academy really because they've clearly done a lot of work in recent years to make it produce more and now it's bearing the fruit of its labours which is good to see Coventry got their first win in seven after a 3-0 victory away at Millwall Greg's three word review about effing time (laughs) and we have been patiently waiting for Coventry to start getting the results that their performances deserve and this is more like it isn't it is this the much needed turning point Justin it has to be hasn't it 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 couldn't have sunk any lower than what they were based on the the goals they were conceding in their form but Mark Robbins nailed it 
again in his post-match press and the manager's done it it's the sort of result that's been coming for Coventry putting a, a hiding onto another team and, and it really was they've been good value for wins just hasn't transpired that way because of wastefulness I, I think that wasn't the case here they took their chances I think the irony there is the opener came from Hattie Wright yeah. missing a chance he should have put away <laughs> I was going to say that it's so funny that when they score they're still missing chances <laughs> But Matty got a perfect poacher to be in the right position at the at the right time, and uh, you know I said it with Birmingham and other teams in this episode. Winning breeds confidence, and if you go away to uh, to Millwall and win three um, nil, it's, it's a big result. Although Millwall's home record is dreadful this season. Mm. Well, I bloody hope it's the turning point because I mm-hmm. cannot recall too many occasions in the time that we've been doing this podcast, Justin, where we've seen a team playing so well but not getting results. They've just been unable to score, haven't they? And it, yeah. It does kind of feel like the flood doors have opened, but I suppose only time will tell in that respect. The thing is, you've got Ellis Sims and Hadji Wright, two very good strikers who cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So surely it's only a matter of time before one of them finds their shooting boots. That's all they need, just one of them to find their shooting boots. If both of them find their shooting boots, then we're bloody laughing. But they've got a pretty tough run up coming into Christmas. If they find form now, it would be huge in salvaging what they can from this season after what's been undoubtedly a pretty dreadful start. Norwich have got back-to-back wins as after they beat QPR 1-0. One shot on target for Norwich here. Not convinced that this is the corner turns, but a valuable win for David Wagner, nonetheless, considering their recent form. Let's talk QPR, though, because they're stuck on 11 points after 17 games. Only 15 teams in Championship history have picked up less than 12 points after 17 games, and 13 of them were relegated. That's not a good omen for QPR Marty Sifuentes, is it? It's not ideal. Um, I think, but I think there's more context you need to bring into it. Obviously, the QPR are a disaster under Gareth Ainsworth. But what I will say is, and I will praise Marty Sifuentes, I've seen a lot more from his QPR team in the past three games than I saw in the past seven or eight months under Gareth Ainsworth. They look a lot more sharper, a lot more um, not organised, but comfortable in possession. And there's a bit more of an idea of a, how to get a result. I think in this game they just lacked a little bit of a cutting edge that you that you that you need. But I think that will come with confidence and time under Marty Sifuentes. It's just whether or not there's going to be enough time between now and the end of the season to salvage enough um, points um, to to see them over the line. But for me, I've seen a big, big improvement, a massive, massive improvement. But yeah, it was a low bar. Yeah, it was a low bar, wasn't it? I think that's uh, that's undeniable. I agree. I, they are playing better under Marty Sifuentes. They are reducing the number of chances that they're giving to opposition sides, which is a massive start. Um, they have failed to win from Rotherham, Bristol City in and out of form Norwich. Yeah, Scoring goals continues to be a problem. If we don't see a turn in results, then that six-point gap to safety is only going to get bigger. They are quite fortunate, really, that the rest of the bottom four are pretty shit. Otherwise, it would be looking a bit bleak right now. So, look, there's more signs of encouragement at QPR, I would say, than other teams in the bottom four. It's quite a low bar, but Mm -hmm. there's certainly encouraging sides there. And that's all you can really ask for at this very early stage under Sifuentes. Plymouth got just their second win in nine games by beating Sunderland 2-0, otherwise known as the Justin Peach Derby, because that's the trip he's going to be doing come the end of the season with the way things are going in his midweek predictions. Ryan's three-word review for Plymouth. Great defensive display. Paul says much needed win. 
And this is a cracking result for Plymouth, isn't it? They've been a side who have played much better than their position in the table suggests, I would say. So we should enjoy this when it actually happens. Morgan Whitaker scored a screamer and he's just having a ridiculous season, isn't he, Justin? Million pounds, ladies and gentlemen, million pounds. That's what it gets you, this unbelievably gifted footballer who... I don't want to sound like a broken record when I keep banging the same drum as to why I like Morgan Whitaker. It's obvious. And he scored a brilliant goal. He's going to cost the team 10, 15 million pounds at some point. I can guarantee it. Yeah. And you're right. It, that fee in the summer is just an absolute bargain. I think we can probably wrap up signing of the season already, can't we? Because it's just unbelievable. I, even when they made that signing, though, and we were both saying it was an absolute bargain, weren't we? I never expected him to do as well as yeah. he is doing right now. And I mean, think back to it, Justin, when he was at Derby, he looks a very different player to that now, doesn't he? Well, the thing is, the issue we had at Derby is we just, I don't think he was physically ready for it. Um, but, you know, a couple of loan spells in League One, uh, playing in a team that gets the best out of you with a, with a good manager who's clearly got quality in developing young players. And you only got to look at the impact of, uh, was it Luke Kundal and Finizaz in this game? Um it's a really good place to be and it's a good place to go and play football because you get your opportunity you keep um, you get your opportunity to express yourself as well it's a it's a good place Plymouth and Morgan Whitaker is developing as he should be yeah he, he's the pick of the bunch isn't he from this yeah. really impressive crop of young players and I mean for any player to be doing as well as he is this season is impressive for a 22 year old it's remarkable and he is providing a bit of a headache for us in our halfway team of the season, isn't he? Because you've got Jack Clark and Crescencio Somerville who have both been two of the best players in the league. How could we possibly leave out Morgan Whitaker though? It's proven to be a bit of a nightmare for us. But if he carries on, Plymouth might struggle to keep a hold of him just on the way that he's playing based purely on that. Blackburn won 3-0 away at Stoke. Danny's three-word of you, same old Stoke. Ree says... Absolutely fucking awful. Um, <laughs> loud boos after this one, which is very stoke, isn't it? They've just gone five unbeaten and lose one. And we get loud boos at the end of this game. Deary me. Uh, but a huge result for Blackburn, who are very much unpredictable, aren't they? No draws, just wins and losses. That's what we're seeing from them this season. And Hull came from two goals down to draw, two all away at Swansea. Swansea reportedly set to sign Yannick Balassi on a free, which is... Fair enough. Like to see that. Um, let's do the polls, Justin. This is the part of the show where we have three questions that we give to the listeners on Twitter. Do you want to get their thoughts on everything that happens in the championship? So the first question we asked was this. Who is staying up out of these four? Huddersfield, QPR, Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, yeah, QPR. I think they've got the most quality out of those teams. Um, again, just a nice chair tax, isn't it? That's all it is. Yeah, I I think it's undeniable. QPR have got the most quality out of those teams. Will it be enough for them to stay up? I don't know. Personally, I would go Huddersfield and that's what the listeners have said as well. 49% have said Huddersfield, 27% QPR, 20% Rotherham, 4% Sheffield Wednesday. Poor Sheffield Wednesday. Um, which of these teams is the most likely to get into the playoffs? Just selected four mid-table-ish sides, Justin and see which one can spring out of the crop. We went with Blackburn, Cardiff, Hull and Preston. Which one of them? Oh, I want to say Hull, but if Cardiff bring in Kiefer Moore, I've got to go Cardiff. So at the minute, I'll say Hull. Ask me again in a month's time when Kiefer Moore's in a Cardiff shirt and I'll say Cardiff. Okay, then. Um, 36% said Hull. 30% said Blackburn. 18% said Cardiff. 16% said Preston. 
Preston are the only team out of that bunch actually in the top six. Optimism. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, and finally, is it too early for Christmas songs? Yes or no? Well, yeah, it, it is. It absolutely is. I, I don't think you can be throwing out Christmas songs right now. I know people do. That's absolutely fair. I, I just, I don't, I know, I, I know you have. It's an absolute disgrace. You you have a, a an app name for your Christmas playlist, don't you? Yes. So I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but what I do with my um, playlists on Spotify is I name them after random former Premier League players. So for Christmas, obviously it's Roque Santa Cruz. Mm. Um, some other ones, Bernardo Karate. Um <laughs> Joel Campbell. Um, they're, they're, ba- they're mainly based on places where I've been. So, for example, when I went to Mexico earlier this year, well, we yeah. went to Mexico, actually. Javier Hernandez, of course. Okay. Um, Paul Stouteri, Bruno Angotti, <laughs> Jean-Alain Boomsong. <laughs> oh, br- wow, um, Bruno Angotti. I've called one Joe Max Moore. Um, I'm not really sure why, but it just, sound- it just felt right, Justin. Do you, have a, do you have a mood playlist? I know it's going slightly off track, you know, if you, if you were near the half trying to get in the mood. What's... Oh, for that, I go straight to Ahmed Hagazi every single time. <laughs> um... He's a handsome chap, isn't he? <laughs> um, what was the result of the poll, people are asking? Yes, 59% of people said it's uh, too early for Christmas songs. 41% said no, and I'm on board with that 41%. Now it's time for this. Hi, Simon Grayson Edge. Yes, it's time for Simon Grayson's Hateful Eight. So Justin is going to ask me to name eight of a certain subject. All I've got to do is name all eight. So, for example, if he would say, name Steve Bruce's last eight clubs, and I would say Villa, that's one down. And then Newcastle, that's another down. But if he were to say Weymouth, then I would lose a life. So all I need to do is give all eight answers without losing all of my lives. And you can now get involved in the fun, listener, by sending in your Hateful Eights to either Justin and I, and uh, we'll read them out on air. We'll give you a shout out. Send them into secondtierpod at gmail.com and you could get a shout out for the next time we do a Hateful Eight. Alternatively, just play along at home and let us know how many you get on this week's Hateful Eight. Justin, who is this Hateful Eight from? It's from Dan Lindsay, whom I think is a Sheffield Wednesday fan because he's given us a bit of a cheeky one this week. He wants to know, or wants you to know, or wants you to give us the last eight teams who have finished bottom of the championship over the last, well, eight years. So, yeah, cheeky one, as I say. It's a hard one. I found it difficult when I was going through it in my head before, before this episode. I reckon I can get this. Yeah. All right, how many lives are you giving me? I'm going to give you two lives. As I say, it's a cheeky one. I don't want to, I don't want to be too generous, though, because you are a championship expert in quote marks. So-called championship experts. Okay, I'll start off with Rotherham because they've had a couple of stinking seasons. They have, not as many as you think. Well, actually they have, but not as many as... Not as bad as finishing bottom of the table. 16-17, they finished bottom of the table with 20-odd points. I think it was the season Alan Stubbs was in charge. Not a good one. Is that the last one then? I can't do the maths. You've got a year after that. Year after that. A year before that, sorry. Um, well, Wigan finished bottom last season after a series of points deductions. You are correct. Shawman only did his very best to firefight. Aren't enough. Um, I'm trying to remember now who got relegated the season before. And I think Barnsley were bottom, weren't they? Yeah, Barnsley did their very best to be the worst team in the division, given that Derby suffered a 21-point deduction. They finished bottom. Yeah. I was going to say Derby, but then remembered they actually did all right, considering that. Um, 
fine. Okay. I will throw in. Now, I remember Bolton and Ipswich, when they both got relegated, they were both honking. Very good bets each week to bet on whoever <laughs> whoever was playing them. I can't remember which one finished bottom, though. I'm going to throw Ipswich at you. You'd be right. Bolton finished a point ahead in that season. It was the 18-19 season, so it was tight. Yeah. But, yeah, Ipswich were, were one of those teams. I think Paul Hurst was manager, wasn't he? Uh, uh, yeah. He, he I don't think he finished the season, yeah. He definitely didn't. Paul Lambert finished, didn't he? <laughs> um, now I'm struggling. I will throw Peterborough at you. They've been relegated a couple of times. You'd be incorrect. They have been relegated a couple of times, but not the worst team in the division. You've lost mm. a life. You've got one remaining, Ryan. This is harsh, not giving me an extra life. Well, that's, that's Simon Grayson. He's not feeling nice today. No. Uh, is Sheffield Wednesday in there? They are. The 2021 season. Wickham were bottom of that season for a very long period of time. I think until the last day of the season, actually. And then Wednesday finished bottom. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, how many have I got left? Got two left, three left actually. You've got three, three left. left. This is a tricky, tricky couple or tricky few, I think. Yeah, I'm possibly going to have to tap out here, I think, because I'm seriously struggling. Oh, Sunderland had a yeah. shite season, didn't they? Yes, yes, they they finished bottom behind Burton and Barnsley that season. Bolton finished just outside of the relegation zone. It was a shocker in the 2017-18 campaign. Yeah. And Chris Coleman nearly had a fight with a fan. Yeah. Um, he's definitely not a prick. <laughs> he's got kids. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to have to tap out just now. I can't think of any more. You're missing Hull. The Grant, oh. Ma- the Grant McCann uh, season where they, they were... they finish bottom that season? They finished bottom. They finished wow. bottom in the 1920 season. It's incredible, isn't it? They were, what, 10th? They, they and then they finished on the edge of the playoffs. On the edge of the I knew, playoffs, I knew they, they, I knew they had an absolute collapse, but I didn't realise it was that bad. Jesus, yeah, yeah, it was, it was that one? bad. Uh, and the other one was Bolton in the fifteen sixteen season, a long time ago. Oh, I said Bolton. Yeah, you no, said Ipswich. Yeah, I didn't think Bolton got relegated. Again. I forgot they came back up. Oh dear, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That's been Simon Grayson, hopefully, and this has been the Second Tier Podcast. We'll be back again on Thursday because we've got midweek games. God, look at that. You have the international break and then suddenly you got games everywhere. Crazy. Um, so we'll be back again on Thursday to look back at all those midweek games. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review on whichever podcast platform you are listening to us on, helps us go a long way as a podcast and we would appreciate it greatly. So thank you for doing that. This has been the Second Tier Podcast. I've been Ryan Dokes. I've been Justin Peach. And a big thank you for listening. Second Tier is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Winning is an everyday mindset, and we're here to help. I'm Craig Robinson. Join me and Coach John Calipari for Ways to Win. We're kicking off during March Madness. Cal's Kentucky Wildcats are in the hunt. So throughout the tournament, I'm going to call up my friend to ask about his wins, losses, and especially what he's telling his players in the locker room. You got to win every day. 
Find the Ways to Win podcast anywhere you listen. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.